in the last episode, we're talking, we're asking this question, is it better to see? Is it better to know things, even when what you sometimes know is dark, is ominous, sometimes is staring too <laughs> deeply, intensely into the black hole, and maybe you can't retrieve yourself from it. And I guess in part two today, we're going to go deeper into that and try and come to a conclusion using good sense and, uh, and logic and, yeah, and the right energy. And I think what I reflect on is one of the other, when I wrote the blog post on this, I wrote about another film called Apocalypse Now, which has uh, Martin Sheen and uh, the famous Marlon Brando. And in this film, it's a Vietnam War setting, which is obviously a very controversial historical event. And Martin Sheen is um, this kind of lost, kind of caught in limbo soldier who's sent by his superiors to go kill a rogue commander. That's Marlon Brando's character, Colonel Hertz. And he's sent to go kill him um, because he's gone rogue and he's um, gone into the jungle somewhere in, I think, Laos or um, Vietnam or Cambodia. I can't remember which one. And he's commanding this local army or militia or something out of the tribe there. So Martin Sheen's job is to go and kill him and execute him. And I think my uh, impression, I'm not a historian, but my impression of the Vietnam War and what this film is such a good, um, such a good commentary on is that as it was where it was the first kind of, I think, war, especially from the US and then mainstream culture that was televised because TV had become everyday kind of technology by this point. And for people to see the horror of war and then question the politics behind and, and the justification for the war and then the kind of after the 60s and all the revolution movements and starting to, re, you know, reject authority a lot more. Um, There's generations of people that had gone into wars that were about, national, you know, well especially World War I, uh, fueled by nationalism and things like that, which seems like a trivial reason from our perspective and privileged position of hindsight trivial uh, reason for tens of millions of people to die because of ambition and um, nationalism and um, I guess the, the drives of people at the top. So that, that, that shift is, is very much brought into that film as a bit of commentary. And I guess when uh, Martin Sheen's character kind of gets into, into um, the forest and finds this Colonel Hertz um, guy, Kurtz guy, uh, Marlon Brando's kind of character. It's this really interesting dynamic. And he says, you're not a soldier. You know, he basically says to him, you're not a soldier. soldier. You're a grocery boy sent on an errand or something like that. And what it made me think about was how we, if we don't understand things deeply and all we do in our life is be given instructions and things to implement and we don't know why and we don't know the reason behind doing them, we're caught in a very dangerous place. We're caught somewhere where I'm very scared. And we're caught in a place where we blindly implement things. So in other words, we could be told to do anything and it would seem like the right thing to do. There's a very famous um, experiment, the Milgram's experiment, which was trying to understand how people could do such horrible things to one another during World War II. It was very controversial in the 60s and uh, tested people. It got people in, in a lab laboratory and people were acting and... Uh, they were told like you were, you were shocking someone in an electric chair for getting numbers wrong. 
and they were increasing the intensity of the shocks. And most people, I think it was 60% from memory, please don't quote me, but really interesting to look up in your own time. Something like 60% of people went all the way through the shock thing, even though the person in the chair started screaming and begging them to stop. Um, one of the other experimenters, it was an actor, would just keep saying to the member of the public, the experiment must go on. You have to continue. And most people would just go through and do it, which just shows how um, how susceptible we are to uh, messages from authority figures. But yeah, the, and it just goes to show that good people, people like you and I, are very vulnerable. I know we all think we would never do that, but you have the benefit of knowing about the study. Uh, very good people are capable of being led down very bad roads. I mean, that's the whole I've talked about in this 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 paradox in the last maybe 10 episodes, this paradox of we have a lot of power and, and we can make a big impact, but we're also very insignificant. We often don't have much control and we can get caught. And I think sometimes the gateway between the two, that I guess closed-mindedness versus open-mindedness, um, being awake and being asleep, is, is getting deeper on our understanding of things, which is certainly the space I insert myself in. And that's obviously been our question. And the whole uh, Apocalypse Now film, uh, that film I was talking about, that example, is basically if, uh, if you know, the Martin Sheen character is just blindly implementing instructions, then if they tell him to do terrible things like kill people and, you know, in that war, we're dropping Napalm and Agent Orange and in Vietnam, which is very controversial, people can get you to do anything. And you can trick yourself accidentally into doing terrible things and stupid things that may seem good at the time. And so he would just go and blindly kill, um, you know, this guy in the, in the woods, like the Marlon Brando character, without thinking about it. Uh, if we go to one of the other examples, which was Neo in The Matrix, we talked about in the last episode, the whole blue pill, red pill dilemma. And, you know, Neo, I guess, gets to see The Matrix which is dark and it's a confronting reality. But I think part of the reason he does so is that they talk about in the film, you've had this feeling that something's wrong with the world, even though he's lived in the kind of so-called comfort. And it turns out the comfort is not really desirable. What's desirable is the kind of the truth of the world. But then it's funny how the truth of the world enables Neo to one, um, master that world better you know and that's where we start seeing him do the you know all the leaning back stuff and um being able to yeah use we uh, what are they, they conjure weapons they jump jump across buildings so it enables him to actually play the game better and the understanding also helps him to find his role and it turns out he's a savior you know he's meant to be the savior for this. so understanding and seeing more enables him to find his role and his purpose and so that's what deep understanding I think facilitates because even the the ignorance is bliss and staying I guess unaware of the matrix and just living in the comfortable reality is one still a prison even if it's a golden prison so it's limiting and there's not as much control individual control and freedom and two it's probably short term and you're very vulnerable you know, when you hide inside your home all the time, not knowing what's going on in the world, 
you'll miss things that affect your doorstep and you won't see them coming until it's too late. And so while there might be a short-term and immediate, you know, something unpleasant about seeing something now and understanding things deeply, uh, it's probably normally always better in the long run. And that's, I think, where I've come to. And I guess it's not, maybe I word the, the name of the episode wrong, it's not what we see. It's probably more what we understand because there's certainly things we don't need to see. There's certainly very traumatic things and images that we're not better for having seen. But I think understanding, I think, is the one. I think there's little downside to understanding things deeply. And saying, you know, I guess Scott and I work together on a lot of our education mission, constant student stuff and do hat labs. And we talk about this, it's like we wouldn't have done the first kind of projects we did knowing what we know now. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, we kind of want to, we kind of, you know, is it, is it, is it bad knowing too much because you wouldn't go do those things that start the Thousand Doors journey? It's like those were just the first room. And then once you're in the first room, you can get to these other rooms where you think differently and you're like, oh, I wouldn't do that if I had my time again. I wouldn't do this project. I'd do that. Uh, but I guess the, the thing is the benefit of early mistakes is sometimes the new insight we get so we know what to avoid so if you first learn what to avoid i think it just accelerates the journey and that's why we have the other paradox is people um regretting things but still happy that they did them and i think that explains that paradox is that what it, what it taught you was important so if there was another way to learn that earlier that's what would have been useful not avoiding a mistake or a pain in the past so this is the interesting thing about understanding. So freedom and autonomy are probably the two words I'd bring it down to. Um, one of the very, one of the much earlier episodes, I'm going to guess and say maybe 16, I can't remember, the passenger driver seat. Like being, if you're in the passenger seat of life, it can be relaxing. You hand over the reins and control to someone else. In other words, you let the government decide what's best for you. Uh, you know, you let people around you, family, you let authority figures decide what's best for you, what you should do. You may not even be conscious of it. You know, you're probably thinking that's not me, but maybe it is you. It is all of us to some extent, including myself. Um, yeah, though, the, the, the passenger seat case is that if the driver crashes, then you're crashing. And if the driver wants to go left, then you're going left and you'd have a choice. And if the car goes off a waterfall, you go off the waterfall off the edge of the road. Whereas if you're the driver, you have that accountability, you have skin in the game and it keeps your eyes open. And the other thing I'd say is that the comfort that comes with the golden prison, comfort leads to atrophy. Something I learned recently. Well, it's something we all know, but just was really solidified recently as a lesson. When you, you know, don't work out for a long time, you lose the muscle. When you sit at home all the time, your skin goes pale and your muscles start to atrophy more as well. And, uh, you know, it's like what they say about animals in captivity, like don't live as long. And so it's really fascinating when you think about that, that even the comfort. Comfort is not really what we want. We want a certain amount of comfort and a certain probably exposure to discomfort. We don't want to completely remove discomfort and maybe ugly truths from our lives and seeing them. So I think when I think about it, it's the whole Neo and Matrix kind of story. It's like you are able to see your role. You're able to do something about it. You can't do something about it if you deny it's there. 
And that's a case for, so for me, it's not actually a choice. To me, there is no uh, downside really to actually going continually understanding things deeper. And because it's, and but there are two ways to take it. I think there's the negative, the cynical. I mean, there's a lot of those figures in society. And then there's the, the positive. Uh, but I think we've seen incredible examples. Something that was recent for me was Marcus Aurelius. I just read his um, Meditations. So that's the old Roman emperor. Don't think of the uh, gladiator films, although there is a character named after him. Uh, look at the actual history. And uh, he's someone who, you know, when I looked into his life, he had all these incredibly challenging things happen, wars, and I think his brother-in-law was after the throne or something like all these challenges. But he remained a very positive person. And when you read Meditations, which is basically his thoughts and lessons to himself, it's also positive and, and it's focused on it's gratitude and it's appreciating things. And so certainly deep understanding and reflection doesn't have to come with pessimism. If anything, it's clarity. And something that is a lot of DeMello's writing is that, uh, you know, no one sins in awareness. So you start to understand that the evil of the world, when you have real understanding, you start to see that any of the evil in the world is actually not deliberate. It's people who are thinking they're doing the right thing, but they're doing the wrong thing because they're enslaved by bad ideas, by closed-mindedness, probably trying to protect an idea of their self-importance and narcissism that's just evolved in the wrong way. Yeah, this is uh, this comes. Uh, this was interesting to explore over two episodes. Uh, I'm done now, by the way, so we can stop the aggressive deep dive. It was really interesting to explore because this is almost the, I think, the thing that this podcast and my blog writing uh, are focused on, is deep, deep understanding of self and others and the world around us, um, but particularly through our own vantage point. You know, I don't write a lot about current events. It, I don't write at all about current events, really. I talk about COVID a bit because such a good landmark, such a good test of different things like nonlinearity and uncertainty. And, you know, that that's, ama that's an amazing test of character and psychology and mindset. But in general, I don't, current events, because the events will change. It's like Marcus Aurelius' life. It's like anything could have happened to him. He still would have remained a positive person focused on finding his duty. And in the world of the Matrix, like it's as dark as the world can get. But even those characters like Morpheus and Neo in that story are focused on their duty, what, what their role is. And it normally remains positive. And that's what I love. It's that we can't control the current events of our world. We want to impact them, but we can't control them. But the thing we can control more, much more, is ourself. You know, we spend so much time trying to change others. Um, but if we can't change ourselves or be honest with ourselves. And so I think there's confronting truths out in the world. I talked in the last episode about, um, you know, I observe, I guess, maybe how pervasive insecurity is in day-to-day -day lives that maybe people don't really think about. You know, I've talked about the charity and, and education industries, which are massive, massive parts of our culture. But what I didn't talk about is within us and self-awareness is one of the big arcs of this podcast and that is the hardest one it's the hardest thing to go deep into understand and see are the barriers and the insecurities and the coping mechanisms and the defense mechanisms and the obstacles in us and the worst thing is just denying and looking away from them it's actually effortless once you just admit to them and own up to them even if just to yourself.
What a powerful door that is to open. Of course, we put so much attention into that because if we can open that door for ourselves, I'm of the belief we can open many more doors for others. This has been the With Joe Eby podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow. And between now and then, I ask you to remember as always that the best way to open a thousand doors for others. Sorry. <laughs> the best way to open a thousand doors for us, for you, is to concentrate on opening doors for others. <laughs>